<laughs> Learning a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the beating up of each other. The problem I have yes, with you is this. Especially Kelvin. Yeah. The problem I have with you is this one. Nefaya, Nefaya. Yeah, good uh, to have you. Um, Dr. Pat. Good uh, good afternoon. Oh, is it my Kalini on your on your part there? My Kalini. Ah, uh, so I can't win, Doctor Pat. So I can't win. Yeah, we we yeah we. Ah, we know. Ku ku North Carolina. Katushi ngamulisha niuko. In this bueno. In this bueno. Uh, you you see nothing. <laughs> Dr. Martin is becoming very dangerous. Guy. <laughs> you know, you, you, you cannot talk behind his you, back. <laughs> yes, you cannot talk behind his back. No. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, in Washington, Washington D.C., uh, we thought people wanted to to approach the White House there. What's going on, uh, Dr. Kasoso? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Good morning, uh, Roger. Good morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, yeah, you I... know, um, the Trump is nearly setting the country up on fire. So, uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, uh, the state of Virginia opened yesterday. So on Thursday, I came here to Virginia Beach so that I am ready for beach life since the state has opened up. Yeah, but, you know, the country is nearly on fire, you know, saying sending incendiary tweets about racial things it's, it's it's just you know uh i think we need a change of government the personality of the administration is not constructed no it's not know. meant for it's not meant for it's, this hour definitely not for 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 this kind of stuff you know it's not yeah. meant for this oh my yeah. god yeah. in the midst of all these and you would meet a press conference and talk about China. I'm like, dude, get your act together. <laughs> no, I, I, I think it's Alzheimer's. He, he needs to be, he needs to be hospitalized. He's not thinking right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I tell you. Back mm-hmm. in Toronto, somewhere mm-hmm. there, Musaba. Good morning. So, Roger. Uh, yes, yeah, Kelvin. Yes, just to just to add on to what Dr. Kasoso said. You know, the shocking thing in my mind right now, I can't find answers, is that Trump has done everything since day one to tell the people that I'm not a politician, I don't want to be in this position, but he still has supporters. He's done everything, everything there is to do in the book to tell yeah. you people yeah. that I'm not yeah. a president, I don't want this job. Oh yeah. my God! Yeah, wow. I know. I know. I know. Yes. I, I, a lot of us uh, can't figure that one out. But maybe Musaba knows because he follows him partially on on some things. Musaba, good morning. Yeah, I also wanted to point out that Kevin has stop has to stop being rude. You can't just <laughs> be talking about Trump when you yourself are always rude on the radio. I'm sorry. Now. Um, <laughs> Now on um, uh, on Trump, I think 
Nippon oh, I didn't want to say anything about Trump. I was just saying hello, uh, checking out the heat the East is uh, is doing over there. No, it's 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 warm. It's warm. I'm fine, thank you. And how's everyone? Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no. We'll be looking. We're going to look at that bigger bigger question. Uh, it has given a lot of people. Ah, I don't even know how to describe the uh, the, the feeling. Uh, back in uh, in no, 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 no. Good morning. I have something to tell you. Hello, Noah. Talk to me. I have something to say to you. Oh, good morning, Roger. Good morning, everyone. I was listening to one of your shows. Very interesting. You were talking to the um, Florida, Florida people, uh, the um, the association there. Uh, yes. I thought that was very interesting. Oh, thank you. Actually, we are having a part two because. There were a lot of people who wanted to ask questions. So what we decided to do was last week, just the first part. Okay. And then now yeah. we are continuing tomorrow with part two. Because yeah. I think uh, there is a lot of activity and interest in the people of Florida wanting to know what the leadership is doing and planning. Yeah. Well, keep pushing that agenda. Just maybe, you know, um, as the association come together. Uh, it could be the beginning of our our unity. No, no, not really sure. Uh, the advice is oh, yeah, at the yeah, end of the yeah. show, uh, leave the song alone, let it finish. I enjoy those songs. So you catch it. I was saying, <laughs> what's wrong with this man? Where is he running to? Oh. You, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 No, I, <laughs> I listened from, from beginning to the end. I listened. Oh, that's good. We are continuing tomorrow, yeah. same time. Okay, yeah, you, you welcome those who have time. Uh, what time do you start you starting the show again? 2 p.m. East? Yeah, yeah, we start at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So those who are able yeah. to join, join us. We are zooming in on the local associations trying to engage the, uh, uh, our communities to, to be involved in the uh, management of these associations because I think our mm -hmm. platform differs a little bit from uh, Open Forum and and the other program <laughs> in that we, we, yeah, we only focus on the challenges that we are facing here in the United States and how, yeah. uh, how can we as Zambians uh, work together as one. So we are focusing right now on the state of Florida. Those who have time, join us tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, again, back to Florida there. We're talking about you. Brother Alan, good morning. Uh, good, good morning, everybody. Very, very quickly, I want to put you on the... Uh, I, I don't know what to say, uh, what to, to use. Uh, Nathan, on the chopping block? Someone uh, <laughs> posted something on, uh, on Facebook saying... Yeah. Uh, can you finish, uh, Alan? This country never closed, and uh, somehow it was implying they did a good thing, but they were successful. I, I don't know. To that end, there is a country, I don't know if it was Sweden or some, some country, which yeah. never closed down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, the country, well, well, country never closed down. They never okay. closed down. They, um, they claim to have been, their economy is not so hard. They are not facing some of the difficulties. 
uh, other countries that closed down are facing. Uh, they have been able to manage the numbers of infections and deaths, and, and uh, the recoveries are way more than, than uh, the fatalities. So what they are saying is that they have managed the situation without going to the extreme that other countries have gone to. What, what, what was your so, point now? Uh, you as a as the person who was posting that one, what what were you my, insinuating? <laughs> my point was was my, my so insinuating that there's always uh, uh, several ways to look at things. You know, some things okay. that I may feel like this is dangerous to me. Another person would be like, this is the thing that's made me gonna make me succeed. So I was just showing yeah. that okay, yeah, we we are hibernating, but there are other people out there who are doing things. And really to to, to show like with Africa, like Zambia for instance. Yeah. 90, 90, I would say up to 90% has been unclosed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because even the jobs and, and those that have closed, even the businesses, we know that in Zambia, the formal sector is a, is, a, is a very, very small part of our economy. Most of it yeah. is the informal, and they have continued working. So it's, mm. it's my whole thing is this thing is to give hope to people. Like, do the common thing, uh, common sense thing, take care of yourself. Um, yes, you have refused to stay home, but don't be careless even if you have to go out. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, I, I understand. Um, somebody is saying here, uh, even Tanzania uh, refused, uh, but uh, one of the uh, problems we had on our border, a lot of people were saying it was as, as a result of from Tanzania. Um, but in the same breath, uh, I was reading something from World Health Organization, Dr. Kajira, we have not lost as many people in Africa, as it was widely uh, thought, we are not sure. We yes. are not sure yes. why. Yeah, <laughs> we are not sure. Yeah, indeed. Uh, uh, I think Africa, mm. Africa is uh, has uh, surprised a lot of people, and uh, yes. and, and I think uh, their reasons will start becoming clear with time. Right now, nobody yes. really knows. There are a lot of theories okay. uh, which we are all familiar with, but. Uh, but for me, apart from a young, uh, young population, um, I think the idea is oh, like not popular because people are very mm-hmm. uh, negative to vaccines. But uh, there is <laughs> some evidence that uh, perhaps the BCG the vaccine and MMR vaccines yes. that were given to the large majority of the population may have some cross immunity with uh, COVID-19. Uh, that's the big one. Uh, things like weather and all that don't really matter that much. Okay. But uh, and apparently it's a specific if, type of. If, if that vaccine. one is a conspiracy, uh, uh, Dr. Kajira, I like it. I like it. Not these conspiracies. Musaba, are you aware of Musaba? We don't know. <laughs> Go ahead, Dr. Kajira. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the one to me that sounds most possible because. We can't yeah. talk about uh, racial reasons because uh, we know in, in the U.S., African-Americans yeah. are among the most affected, and they're black, so there's no genetic issue there. So we have yeah. to look at environmental and other interventions that could have been done in the past that are impacting on us. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But Sweden... Yeah, Alan talked about Sweden, and I think uh, countries cannot just emulate or copy other countries. Uh, you have to look at the Swedes, how they are structured, 
they, one of the things they did is they isolated their elderly, okay, and the very vulnerable ones. And then they let the healthy young adults and productive people carry on uh, running the economy. Mm-hmm. As long as they were not exposing the elderly, they, they, you know, then it was the mortality rates wasn't, wasn't as, went as high. Uh, but uh, I think at some point there was a backlash where the numbers just shot up like crazy. I haven't followed up on what has happened since. But uh, uh, And the issue of herd immunity, which people have been taunting as a strategy, uh, that that herd immunity is really in the context of vaccination, not just that you know, if everyone gets sick and when 60% uh, gets sick, then we'll then the country will have an immune population. It's not as easy as that, and we don't even know whether if you get the illness once, whether you can still be reinfected and so on. So there's a lot of question marks. Anyway, I'll end there. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay, thank thank you uh, for that. Uh, In the epicenter of uh, the current uh, crisis in the U.S., Minnesota, Titus, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, I, I hope you are staying safe there, my brother. I am safe. I'll be going to church. Okay. Oh, church has started, yeah? Things have opened up over there? A little bit. But I'll check okay. it's kind of a smaller congregation, so mm-hmm. I'll check in before going. Maybe there's a network, internet stuff. I haven't been around for the whole month I've been working. 24-7. Right, right. So I'll check, but that's my schedule for today. But anyway, that's good. we are in between all these things going on. Yeah. I'm not ready to go much on these things. I feel the pain and stuff. Yeah. I'll wait for, to hear from, I'd like to hear more from Keith Allison. Of, of course. The attorney general. Yeah. What? Of I'm more interested yeah. in the other officers that were watching there and not doing anything. Because mm. if it's a black person and they were stealing, they'll arrest all of you, their own locals. By association, you are guilty. And then you have to prove yourself how you are not with that guy stealing. But in this mm. case, that person was doing a wrong thing. So how mm. did they let that guy do that? Is it in the policy yeah. of police? If somebody is doing, I'm hoping that the police policy is following of suffocating somebody, why didn't they stop that guy from doing something if it's off the policy of police policing so that's the area I want to know more sometimes they talk about these rioters coming in from somewhere else and then you have people that go there you know, also don't forget there's a pocket of racist people that want to go there and maybe end up killing somebody in the name of, you know, we need to stop these rioters and stuff. There's always hidden pockets of people. I was talking yeah, to my true. boss at work yesterday, and the conversation spoke out in the morning when I started working. People are like, did you see that? Did you see this and that? So we always have different views. And I called my manager and they said, you know what? As much as you don't want us to talk more about politics, Republican, Democrat, how you vote, I think this going to get to a shutdown. I don't want to hear anybody talking about it because I respect their views, but I might have a different view. 
So we then start going back and forth instead of working. So I don't know, Bridget, whatever you have, I don't want to know about it. All I know, it's not fair, but I can't comment. So you're not going to hear what I have to say about it. So it's better we just come in and do the work. Because I had some other colleagues saying, oh, I'll be going over there and clear them out. And suppose I say, okay, I'll be going there also. So you'll be on the other end, I'll be on the other end. So why do we even go to the side? We are right here and we have different views. So maybe let's clear ourselves each out here. Based on your view and my view. You want your view to be ahead, I want my view to be So there's no need to go to the side where people are fighting. We might as well fight here. So that's that's the point, uh, Titus. Uh, we, yeah, we'll we, we, we talk about that. Um, the, the question being what we see the cops uh, do in the U.S. Our own prime minister here, Musaba, um, was agreeing we have our own problem, uh, racial, racial issues. Uh, we may not be cornered the way that man was uh, cornered, but in our um, daily uh, interactions in our workplaces, these things are alive and well. Alive and well. Thank you. Uh, finally, Dr. Musanje, uh, how are you doing, my brother? Hello. Hello, Doc. How are you doing? Yeah, sorry. And uh, condolences uh, one more time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I was just on, on mute. Yes. Yes, yes. No, uh, we continue. You know, uh, death is part of life. So today, uh, after the funeral is done on uh, on Wednesday, today I'm up and I'm trying to uh, listen to uh, Zambia Block Talk Radio. Of course. Yeah, you guys are doing a wonderful job. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, to that point, uh, Nathan, uh, Dr. Musanji is Zambra uh, Block Talk, you're doing a good job. I had to, look, to take out all my, my notebooks, Nathan. Mm-hmm. It, it is quite a bunch. Yeah, I, I said, let, let, let me see 11 years how many notebooks I've, I've used. Oh, Dr. Pat, where is Dr. Pat? Dr. Pat is here. Dr. Pat, I'm very, very disappointed with myself. Hello, Dr. Patrick. Why? Why? Yeah, that's what I wanted. I wanted to hear to tell to to ask me then I tell you. So all these programs I do, Doctor Pat, all these programs I do have these uh, big books, eh, notebooks, and I don't write the dates in them. I don't put in the dates. Oh wow. Hmm. Wow. I I guess one way you can um, trace back is to go back to your recording because most of your recordings are dated. And maybe yeah. you could uh, date, post-date your, your writing, your book, that way. Okay. That, that one really hit uh, when, I, when I looked at that. I say maybe I may not be a rich man to leave my son anything when I die, but at least I'll leave him with <laughs> my book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I also, also, also yeah. I have dates. Also, I have dates for our district. District. Um, oh, I know about that. You don't have to tell me the dates. <laughs> you don't have. 
Oh yeah, so you can help me on uh, on those. <laughs> you can help me on those. Yeah, that's and I was very disappointed. Uh, but it's a it's a big uh, it's a big dream. Okay, let's go forward. Uh, Dr. Pat, talk to us uh, uh, just a little bit. What, what is um, what is really happening? Uh, other than uh, what we saw uh, that cop do to a black man, um, what is really happening as far as um, the, the, the the treatment of the uh, I don't know if it is just the black man or the black individual as as it were. My thoughts were that uh, uh, you know our our schools in, in America are those for the black people are the a substandard, so to say, not ma- not much money, and therefore that uh, affects our graduation uh, levels, our um, our progress uh, in life, or maybe these people are just there to make the black man's life uh, difficult. I don't know, Doctor Pat. Say something about this. These are what I would classify as slash situation. <laughs> slash being S L A S H situation. Meaning that it's never one condition or one situation. It's always something slash another subject. And in this particular case, my slash definition is poverty slash an individual by the name of Nathaniel Bacon and another slash that has to do with um, national law. Uh, if, if we look at Nathaniel Bacon uh, back in, in the Americas in the middle of 1700s, Nathaniel Bacon started a a a rebellion or an uprising, which was a combination of endangered white servants and and black slaves. And this unification of two groups resulted in a philosophy or a law that was established by the Virginians in which they made sure that whites, even the poor whites, were superior than blacks. That way they won't see a unification of the of the two groups ever again. So it's pivotal when it when you're talking about what happened with Nathaniel Bacon. Now, quickly followed behind that is poverty. There is money in poverty. And whenever you see, quote, unquote, a ghetto or whenever you see uh, people that fall in the wrong of, of lower class, there's poverty. And there's no small reason why poverty exists today. The reason why poverty exists today is because people can make a lot of money. If you go into ghettos, the homes and, and ghettos or impoverished communities, they pay more rent, more rent, more 
on groceries nor on pharmaceuticals, and there's a lot of alcohol establishments, and they spend a lot of money there. So there's poverty. If there was no value in poverty, it would not exist. And then the last clash is the national law. If a national law was put in place by Congress, by the House of Representatives and the Senate, and signed by the President of the United States, that state, if a law, enforce, a law enforcement officer were to, quote-unquote, kill or result in the death of an African-American or a person of color, they would be immediately in prison. Then you would find a reduction of what's happening these days. And I'm not speaking of if the law enforcement is defending himself or herself, and I'm not talking about when there is a battle or a a search warrant being served. I am talking about an incident that just happened with uh, Mr. Floyd and situations before and probably after Mr. Floyd. If there is a murder of an individual, an individual of color, that person would be immediately incarcerated. No waiting, no immediately incarcerated. And then, and we're not saying that the individual is guilty. We are saying that it is this person is going to be immediately incarcerated. And the laws could be written in a way that could get around the um, the peculiarities of legal writing or legal script. But a general law. If it's an issue that would make the law enforcement conscious that if they were to do something like that, they would be addressed and redressed immediately. So those are my three slashes that uh, could or may address what we're dealing with today. Okay. Um, Dr. Casoso, you're a your your thoughts i'm sure all of us have interactions with our our our, our white folk um, yeah again when we we see what what happened there you uh it is very painful in some way yeah. this is what we go through most like almost every day yeah yeah we no um racism is a very deep human problem um you know i this racism uh to be god's problem and at a very high level uh i think the answers are found there uh the relationship between black people particularly here in the united states black people black men yeah young men or men black men and the police in my observation is the relationship between the kingdom of darkness and human beings, you know, um, as a as a black person, I I don't actually like the the phrase uh, people of color because there are no human beings without color. You know, uh, as a black person, uh, I think that there is a system within the, the structure of uh, 
the nature of policing, the institution of policing, mm. a kind of harvest uh, life from black people. And two, I have also observed that um, the way the reward system within the police structure is uh, made uh, is skewed against black people. For example, the average black person has a lower than average income. And then if they uh, are cited for a misdemeanor or, or a crime, they are not going to be able to afford an attorney. So the police get their promotions and get their raises based on the number of arrests. So, and, or, and also get their promotion based on the, the arrests that lead to prosecution. So there is a reward in arresting people who cannot defend themselves uh, because that is the way the policeman will get the promotion. So they go into these minority communities and uh, arrest people for petty crimes, and because those people don't have money, they don't have lawyers, they are going to plea, plea to something. So if they plead to something, then they, tell the, they charge them, first of all, with a bigger crime, and then they ask them to plead to a lower thing, and that is on record a successful arrest. Somebody was arrested and was charged and was sentenced to something, and the, the, the chain of reward is going to go down to the arresting officer. So the police people look at black communities and other minorities as hunting grounds for their own personal benefit. That is one. Mm. Uh, that issue is not connected to racism. That is economic. Uh, they will get raises. They will get promotions based on the number of successful arrests. So in the end, we have found ourselves in a situation where the black people look at the police as the kingdom of darkness. Uh, the kingdom of darkness, when they arrive among the people, somebody has to go with them. Uh, if that somebody doesn't go with them to jail, then that somebody else may be sent to go and, and uh, be having uh, pancakes with Christ prematurely. It's, very, it's a pervasive system. And uh, I agree with the, uh, the former vice president that these wounds have existed in the black community for hundreds of years. And it's time, it's about time the country makes take steps uh, towards redressing some of this. There has been, of course, progress when it comes to uh, discrimination for jobs and, you know, sitting together in a public place, going to the same restaurant. There has been a strategic movement from the pre-civil rights era uh, but there are these economic and systemic issues that exist within our communities. So if, if, if you have a son and is growing up in this, uh, well, you know, pray for that child every day and make sure that he does not come into uh, aggressive contact with the kingdom of darkness. You know, you know when, we're talking, when we're talking about people of color, that it, uh, my brother is 100% correct, because the original man being uh, black or being uh, African, and all races and colors came from this individual, then he is 100% correct when we're talking about uh, there may be problems with the people of color. My, 
my my um, demarcation of color or the color line comes from the beginning or the outset of American captivity or what one would call slavery. And the question of color came during that time because of a separation of, of labor. Now, what, what we are looking at when we look at that is at that particular time or before American uh, slavery, an individual, man or woman, was not referred to as, as their um, or what their pigmentation was. They were referred to as a person from England, an Englishman or a Spaniard or a, a German. They were never referred to as a pigmentation or as a color of skin until the American slavery. And that reverted back to European countries. And that reverted back to what you would call at that particular time iconoclasm. So when we're talking about color, we're talking about, when I'm talking about color, I'm talking about the demarcation. When pigmentation became important with respect to quote-unquote labor. Not the origin of man. Okay. Um, Roger. Yes, go, go ahead, Kelvin. Uh, address the issue of, um, I, I, I don't know, where do we go uh, from here? It, it, it is like these things, they just die down. Uh, they don't go anywhere. We are back to where do we go? Yeah. So yeah. So before before I make a contribution, I want to send nothing, nothing but love, my brother. One hundred percent love. Um. So so here's the thing. Uh, first of all, terminologies such as uh, we have made progress. Uh, I I I hate putting them in my vocabulary. Because then it's an acknowledgement that the discrimination and mistreatment of black people is justified, right? Uh, slavery should not have happened, right, in the first place. We have to acknowledge that. The, the greatest and longest pandemic that this country has faced and will continue facing for a long time is racism, right? Hating somebody because of the color of their skin, where do we go from here? There must be acknowledgement from the leadership that the laws are flawed. There are two laws in this country, one for the police officers and the other for the citizens, which is a very, very big mistake. Uh, at one time, uh, my, my house was uh, uh, burgled, right? Uh, when the officers came, uh, you know, they're doing their investigation and this and that, I pulled one guy to the side, and uh, that's the time when uh, one of uh, the black guys was uh, killed. I said, but why do you guys shoot to kill? He said, that's, that's in the training manual. He said, that's, that's what we're taught, uh, you know, at the academy. So then I was bothered because you, you decide to shoot depending on the circumstances, right? If somebody is armed and they're running away from you at that point, they're not posing a danger. How are you going to shoot somebody in the back, right? How are you going to, 
kill an individual that's not armed, they always use this excuse of my life was in danger. Okay, so your life is more important than that individual you have killed. Why wasn't that person's life in danger? You see, so these people need to look at those training manuals for these police officers. When a police officer, like Dr. Patrick said, when a police officer is found wanting, they have to face the same law. You see that? This is giving Uh. them power to keep terrorizing black people. And uh, the other issue is, have you ever heard terminology such as white American? Never. It's African-American. There's a deep-rooted connotation to why they keep insisting African-American, African-American. You see that? Forget about the descent. A child born today, a black child born today, knows nothing about that. Nothing. Can't even trace any roots. Why don't we just call people by who they are? If you want to call yourselves whites, call yourselves whites. If you want to call uh, people black, call them black. You see? But people need to realize. People need to realize that there are racist cops who are hiding behind the uniforms, who are hiding behind, you know, uh, protection from these racist police departments, and it is wrong, okay? Uh, Nelson Mandela once said, nobody is born to hate. People are taught to hate. So if people can be taught to hate, they can also be taught to love. I like that. That's what Nelson Mandela said. What is so difficult? Can't we coexist? As black and white, we can. And why is it that only the black race is so apologetic? Only the black race is so forgiving. Look at uh, Africa today. After all we went through, was there a need for us to fight for our independence? Was there a need? No, this is our land. We're not going to be tear gas. We're not going to be killed for fighting for what is ours. Did black people in America have to fight for rights? No. It just shows you that the other side is not willing to, to acknowledge that these are human beings as much as we are. I like what a white, uh, real quick, I like what a white guy posted on Facebook. He said, uh, we, we bleed the same red blood. When you go to the bathroom, you urinate the same urine. You defecate the same. You pull up your pants the same way. When you're hungry, you eat just as much as the black person eats. So where is the problem? You see that? These leaders must do far much more than, than stupid rhetoric. Just rhetoric. They need to do far much more. Because you know what? Uh, uh, another thing Mandela said, by the time you turn to lovers, we would have turned to hate you. And I see that coming. Thank you. By the time you tend to love us, we have hate you. I like that. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Roger, Roger, on, yes, on, the question of, on, on the question of hatred and, and love, there is, a, there is a verse in 1 John, Third chapter, fifteenth. Breakfast is ready. 
and and it, it goes in part, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And we know that no murderer has or will enter into heaven. And no one, and very few people refer to that. And I'm, I'm, I'm speaking of the clergy. Very few people think of that or refer to that. And there's a lot of hatred going around with respect yeah. to the murder. Of, of Brother Floyd And People that do this Or commit this type of crime Is filled with hatred And you can see it in their faces And needless to Needless to say That If they die with hatred They will not enter The kingdom of, of God They will not enter heaven So I think these individuals that continue to hate should look at and read 1 John 3.15. All right, Roger, let let, let me just make a radical response over everything else here. Yeah, so the, the the answer to me, I wish I had an hour to explain, but I'll try to compress as much as possible. Why people kill black people because they can? Simple. They can because they know black people are not going to do anything about it. We'll talk about it, we'll march, and then the next day you all forget about it. Number two, you have to understand that black people were brought to this land for the purpose of saving the white people. That's number two. Every black person, wherever they may be, regardless of whatever academia they have attended, all black people are at the bottom of the economic ladder. That's number two. Number three, you see that white people are more organized than all of us. So the white people or the police force or the Ku Klux Klan, which is sort of doubles as the police force, is nowadays they can enlist and perpetrate the same agenda which they had in the 60s. Why? It's because they can. And we'll just come and talk about it the next day. We'll forget about it. Now, let's talk about love. In the human side, there is what is called, uh, uh, at the back of the brain, uh, there is what is called reticular activating system. I remember when I was working for the American Red Cross, they, I think it was in 2014, the, one of the artists was drawing some um, flyers which we, we intended to take to the pools across the country, actually, the, the whole USA. So in 2014 or 16, I don't know if you noticed, the flyers were flagged because all the bad examples of people, because these are the Red Cross puts up those flyers, like this is how to behave when you're at the pool and things like that. So all the people who are doing everything wrong, we are painted as black people. That was a subconscious effect in our mind because black, white people have been trained from the beginning that they are superior and black people are in the servitude mode. Everywhere you see, when you see most of us, when we have some sort of like a, a up, up the hill in terms of like our economic status, we are not going to live in our black people community. We practice what is called associative success. 
we want to be associated to the white people, white people neighborhoods. And number four, Dr. Getz, the Harvard professor, uh, was also mistakenly, uh, I mean, uh, mistaken for a burglar, I think just two, three years ago. Why? Because it's the image of being a black person. What will change police brutality is not us asking white people to change the rules or laws. There's enough law, I mean, rules on the law books already. What will change is black people getting organized and uh, uniting to send one strong voice. And then my last comment is when you look at the queer community, I work with a lot of queer community. These are gay and lesbian people. You see, you don't necessarily have to have the majority of people for you to push an agenda. All you have to do is to get organized. So you may ask yourself a question. Why is it just a fraction of people who call themselves the queer community have pushed their agenda to the President of the United States to an extent that they have legislation across the world to recognize in part of the world that if you are gay, well, uh, I'm not trying to say whether gay is right or it's wrong. That's beside the point. The point is yeah. you have those people getting together to organize as a movement and put their agenda up front. They were not saying we are human beings like everybody else. No. They were very uh, deliberate. They said we mm. are lesbians. We are gay. So what are you going to do about it? And, of course, that's how they've been able to push their agenda to where it is now. So us as black people, we cannot go to the same white people and ask them to change the rules. Rules are no stronger than their enforcer. So those are some of the things that I wanted just to point out. Like I say, I can take almost an hour. But in the yeah, human no. mind, <laughs> That's powerful. in the human mind, yeah. let me just make one point. <laughs> yeah. In the human yeah. mind, what we as black people need to know is the reticular activating system, uh, if you ask any person who knows one or two things about psychology, they will tell you that the identity of a person is established when somebody is about three or four years old. Now, when you ask each one of you here listening, none of you remembers what happened when you were three or four years old. The point is, most of our perception, our reality, is framed when you are three or four years old. So that guides how you perceive your world, how you relate, how you act, and how you behave. Now, the point, again, is white people have been told, and they know subconsciously, that all black people are evil, or all black people are bad. That goes into the genetics. When, when you look at the black person, they have a dominant gene. This is why an, a deliberate agenda has to be there to incarcerate our people, put them in jail, so that you are preventing the... the uh, dissemination of a white race. So when you see all these people like black people are incarcerated, there is a reason why things are happening like that. So we have to organize, unlike asking the same white people to, who are sort of unfair to us, to ask them to, to love us. Love us. Loving us is not going to solve the problem. So my final comment here is I will go on the record and say Martin Luther got it wrong when he, was, when he said all you had to do is to love your brother and sister. That Where has that gotten us? Nowhere. Malcolm X was 100% right, and that's my final point. I submit, sir. <laughs> <laughs>
you know, my my next trend of thought. My next trend of thought is to the youth, and I want I want our young brothers and sisters to think about this. It's, it's, it's what I call prestidigitation of politics, which means that they have you looking in one direction when they're exploiting you in another direction. And one word out of many in, in my uh, lexicon of prestidigitation of politics is black people. When, when you think of black people, the immediate thought comes to mind is pigmentation. That's that's the direction they want you to think about. But in in all actuality, when we're talking about black men, black people, we're not talking about pigmentation. We're talking a politics. We're talking about the politics of thought. What is a black person? What we're talking about. Are we talking about Africans of royalty, Africans of greatness, uh, people that have done and created empires? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about a mindset. We're not talking about pigmentation. And then when we're talking about black people, it's a way of uh, disassociating you from your heritage. When you say yeah. black people, what country does a black person come from? So when you, when you think of that, then you've disassociated yourself from a country. So when you're talking about black people, think about that, what I've just said, presentation of thought. You're talking about a mindset, and you also should be thinking about what country you originated from. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, I don't know whether she wants to talk. Right here in mm-hmm. my neighborhood, uh, uh, Nathan, uh, in mm-hmm. Alberta. This is Alberta number. Uh, I hope this is my sister. Um, 574, uh, last four numbers, 4500. Good morning. No, not your sister. <laughs> That's for sure. Hey. After all this, well, not after, during all of this dialogue, and, and we've had a, a number of instances like uh, oh, oh, Hold on, hold on. Hold, hold on. Um, who's on the call again? My name is Scott. Okay, Scott, where are you calling from? Cleveland, Ohio, man. I said that again? Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, Cleveland, Ohio. Um, yes, uh, Scott, have you been listening to our discussion? Uh, only, only a little bit of it. So any comment I have will be sort of a generalization. But here's my contention. Um, you, as you probably already figured out, uh, I'm a white guy, right? I can, by the way, I can change my voice in a second. You wouldn't know. I've done it for years. But I'm a white guy. I'm a 55, a 55-year-old white guy, right? Um, if I self-assess myself, I'm not racist. But I constantly am bombarded by different forms of media that I am inherently racist, right? Inherent. There's nothing I can do right. about it. Apparently, all white men are racist, right? 
and that's infuriating. No. You know, it. Nobody wants to listen to the white guy with actual facts. All I have facts. I do research. If I post something on Facebook, guess what? There's a there's a, a link to go to where I pulled the information from. So what, what's a little irritating is that no one asks for my viewpoint. Why? Because nobody cares. It's all about black people and 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 this racism that they perceive goes on in this country. My one contention is that I think it's exaggerated. In my life experience, right, I've lived all over this country. I've been throughout Canada. And here's an interesting fact. I've lived in Monrovia, Liberia for a year and a half of my life, right? So I've seen some stuff. i lived in Greece. I've seen some things, right? This stuff in this country pales in comparison to other countries. I think that we need to understand that first. This racial stuff, this violence, it's ridiculous. It's pale. The reason these protests happen is because we allow protests, protests in this country. That's simple as that. So all of this dialogue about how evil most white men are, according to you know a lot of black folks out there, I'm evil, I'm racist, but nobody ever talks to me. Me. It's all, l- l- all l- of, of l- context. Scott, Scott, let me talk to you. Let, let, let me talk to you, uh, uh, Scott. Uh, yeah, just one, one. Let, you'll be the first one. Yeah, let, me, let, let, let me talk to you, um, uh, Scott. Um, what is exaggerated? Uh, don't, don't keep it long because I've got a follow-up. You said this well, thing is exa- exa- exaggerated. What is exaggerated? The amount of racism in this country is wildly exaggerated, for one thing. Okay. The other part was easy to research fact is that the police kill unarmed men in a very proportional amount. You know, in fact, white unarmed men in this country are killed. There are more of those guys than there are black unarmed men. So I understand proportionality, and I get it, and I agree with it. But the proportionality gets disrupted when you only look at an inner city where the population is disproportionate. So the, the emotional arguments that I listen to are goofy because nobody has facts. We need facts. Roger. Mutaban, someone wants to come in. Uh, Scott, yeah. it's nice to have you. Uh, it's nice to have you here. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, just calm down. Uh, that way we can talk to each other. <laughs> okay, Scott? Okay. Yeah. Uh, when when yeah. black people say we have, uh, say in terms of income, uh, in terms of income, a white person is paid more, even when you have the same qualifications, a white person is paid better than a black. I, I, can you please stop? Whoever's calling my name. Um, we are paid more. Do you think we are just coming up with uh, stuff, or that is a real life for we black people? No, I, I would need an actual research. Point for point. Okay. It, it, it's okay. Right. Here's what's happening. A lot of people are parroting stuff they see on television. That's all, with no thought behind it whatsoever. And it's frustrating because everything's pointed at me. I, I'm generally, you know what I mean by me, white guy, right? Uh, I, I, know. I know what it means. Okay. So, someone wanted to, to have. Uh, it's good to have you, Scott. Maybe. 
You can yeah. feel what we feel. We can feel what we feel. You also feel. We can also feel what you feel. As someone okay. calling my name. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, Maybe, Roger. Yeah, Roger. Uh, 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 Roger, it's, uh, this is Alan. Um, okay, Alan, and then Musawa, if he is here, you go. Let's go. Yeah. Okay, Scott. Uh, let, let's not make it personal. I think Scott is just giving us that platform where we can uh, interact yes. with someone uh, with a different viewpoint. Yes. Wait a second. Yeah, That's yeah. exactly what I'm talking about. I never, ever, ever said I have a different viewpoint. That's not. That wasn't the, the, the point of this call. That's not what I said. But now you're making it the point. I don't. How do you know I have a different viewpoint than you? How do you know that? I didn't say it. Scott, calm down. Scott, that's why I said, Never. let's not shout at each other. It is good you, you have come. Okay, Scott, okay, it's good you have come. Oh, yeah, let, let's talk. Uh, yeah, let, let's go to Alan in Florida. Uh, let's see what he has to say. Yeah. Well, one, one of the, um, when we say that, uh, one of the things that, that I have a you know, difficulty with is when we say, when white people want to say, well, as many white people are uh, killed, just as many as black unarmed people. So I always say, where, where's the evidence? Is it that only blacks are filming and all the other instances that white people uh, who are unarmed, uh, handcuffed? Roger, on, can you... No, no, Excuse me. Only one person talks at one time. Only one person talks at the time. He's becoming confident. Ah, uh, uh, Kelvin, don't come in, please. Uh, Scott, yeah. <laughs> only one person talks uh, one at a time. No, hold on, Scott. It, it is, no, no, it is Alan talking. Uh, let Alan talk. So you said you always research, Scott, and you have facts, right? So that's where yeah. I am saying um, it would be great if you could produce your, your evidence, because I can I can go on YouTube in 30 seconds. I can pull up videos of uh, black you, right. people being killed needlessly. So where is the evidence for the on the white side? And then also, if for instance in in in, uh, in Tampa, 10 black people were killed this month, and 11 black people were killed in the, uh, white people rather were killed in the same month. So if we go by numbers, yeah, 11 seems like more white people. But if you talk about the population pop, uh, uh, ratio, that's still way, 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 that's probably three times more blacks or five times more black people being killed than white people being killed. So we've got to take all that. But here's my issue, uh, Scott. It's not so much. We can get into the math of how many and all that. That's fine. My problem comes in how we react when a black person is killed. The instinctively, white people will say, well, what was he doing? We'll wait, wait for the investigation. The guy's knee is on the guy's neck. He has stopped moving for more than two minutes. Your knee is still on the neck. And we are still saying, let's research. Let's find out. He had underlying uh, issues. Even if he had diabetes, HIV, and coronavirus combined, what killed him is the knee on his neck. The white people don't seem to get that. A little bit of acknowledgement that way would, would, would go a long, long way, even in diffusing some of these things. So those are things that we talk about as black people. It's not when a criminal, a black criminal is shot. Nobody's protesting. Nobody cares. That black criminal is probably terrorizing black people. Nobody really cares about that. So when you say you have facts, it would be great to come bring the ratios, bring the proportion, and say, 
this white man was lying on the ground, uh, on the neck, and he was killed. I'll give you a quick example, and that's my last thing. There was an incident in uh, Miami. There was a white guy uh, who was uh, a patient, and the black guy was looking after him. So the police pull out. So what does the black guy do? Instinctively, he knows, i got to get on my knees or get on the ground. He has to lay down on the ground, raise his hands in the air, and started telling the cop, hey, don't shoot my friend, he is not well. Pointing at the white guy. Guess who got shot? The guy laying down on the ground. So those are some of the things. So if you can give us examples like that, we'll be glad to listen, and we'll be glad to acknowledge that, no, maybe we are exaggerating. You know. So just okay. you know, Before you come in, Scott, let me allow somebody else as well uh, to, to contribute. Uh, any contribution, Wakalonde? I do, yeah. Just, I like yes, yeah, actually. actually uh, Scott, just one second. I'll come back to you, Scott. I'll come back to you. Uh, Dr. Oh, Kalonde, you want to Yeah, it is, it is unfortunate that thing. It is unfortunate that we are having this discussion, actually. No, it's not. Uh, Very fortunate. What are you talking about? How is that unfortunate? Let me finish, sir. Let me finish. Let, let him finish. What I, mean, what I mean is unfortunate. It's because something... Um, has happened and something has been happening for too long now. That's why we are having this discussion. That's why I'm saying it's unfortunate. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have this discussion. What has been going on is that we all know that there is racism. We all know that it comes with its repercussions and at least it's detrimental to one group of people and very, very lucrative to another group of people. We know that somebody like me, if I was mistreating somebody, I would be very defensive when confronted with my sin. Now, what we saw on that video is not something that is very new in this country. This is something that has been happening since the first time a black person met a white person. The first time a, black, a white person met a black person, the black person became enslaved. They were not friends immediately. They did not even have relationship immediately. Things changed mostly to the black person. So, when a police officer, somebody who is supposed to protect the person that he killed, does that, what about those people that don't have even the inclination of trying to protect somebody. Dr. Kalonde, one of uh, the points Scott makes is, is um, which we have heard before, uh, there are more black people dying at the hands of other black pe people. Uh, we that don't is... see the same outrage as uh, when uh, one individual is, is killed by a, a, a white person. Uh, what, what do you say about that? Yeah, definitely we don't see outrage when a black person kills a black person. Because we know that 
probably that black person who killed the other black person was a criminal, and his business was not to protect that person. But when somebody who has been given the rights and the powers and the guns yes. to yes. protect you, to protect you, becomes uh, oh, the assassin, becomes a danger to society because, mm-hmm. one, you are now not being protected. You are being taken advantage of. And at the same time, there is a reason behind somebody doing that. And the biggest reason behind somebody doing that, most especially somebody with such power, is either hate or that person definitely is not fit to be what they are. And that's what people protest about. Don't think it's exaggerated because people are protesting. It is not exaggerated. Okay. Racism is not exaggerated. We are very, now, very much... Let me finish just, just one last statement. We are very, very much concerned about being called racist than being racist. Why are we concerned right. very much uh, when we are... Yeah, yeah. But okay, we okay. Uh, Dr. I don't know. You, you wanted something to throw in? Thank you, Bacalantes. Uh, Dr. Kashula, did you have something to throw in here before our brother Scott comes to, in? Yeah, 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 I just want to say to Scott that one thing you have to admit is racism is real in this world, and it's real in America. It's real where you live right now. It is a real. So it's not exaggerated. It's not something people are just dreaming about and creating. You want statistics, but everything is right in your face, and you refuse to see. That's the problem. The perpetrators of racism needs to be called out. And if it's a white, black, white male, we need to call that out. If it's a white female, we need to call If it's black male, we need to call Whoever the perpetrator is needs to be called out, and we need to condemn them. You cannot treat a fellow human being with disgust and hate and think you're going to get away with that. So it's, it's very real. I mean, I know of many good white males. I've got lots of friends. I've got people I've interacted in fact, even during the human rights uh, struggle, white males uh, uh, marched hand in, hand, hand in hand with their fellow blacks. Those were people who realized that this is wrong. They, are not, they were not defending an injustice, okay? So it's the same way. You, you say, oh, how about black on black? We're not going to defend a black guy just because he's black, even if he's a criminal, even if he's killing people. No. We're not that dumb. Thank you. Okay. He um, Can you explain to me? Can you explain to me? Fairfax County here in the United States is, is uh, the third wealthiest county, and more than 70% of people who live there are white people. Can you explain to me why only 2% of the, of, of the people in Fairfax jail are, are white people and the rest are black people and minorities? Can you explain that to me? He wants statistics. Okay. Can you explain that? He has listened enough. Uh, Scott, I, don't, I, I hope you, you are not going to be shouting, uh, but just uh, talking. Uh, you heard what your fellow uh, contributors have said here. What say you? Okay. 
for the last point, um, true. Uh, everybody keeps asking me for facts, you know, research, and I've done it. I'm not going to give it to you. How about this? You do it, first of all. Here's the last point. Well, why are there disproportionately more black people arrested white people? And then the other thing that I'll comment on is me and the neck. And for both of those points, I have very direct experience, right? And I have observed things throughout my life. And I will go ahead and answer the two points, because otherwise it would take me an hour, okay? So the last point that the last caller made was why do black people get arrested disproportionately more than other people? Well, take a wild guess. Just take, take a wild guess. What do you think I'm going to say? Black people commit more crime, mostly. So, and by black people, I mean inner city. Now, now, what about Mexicans in California? You know what? They get arrested at a much higher rate than white people. I wonder why that is. It must be because of racism. Yeah, not really. Because inner cities, people that are poor commit more crimes. It's, just, it's that simple. But, but racism wants to get interjected into that formula, and they're making now, listen, I'm not going to back away from the fact that there isn't racism. Absolutely there is. And here, here's, here's one thing that, that bothers me and, and a lot of people, is when people say racism, they assume, like, the word belongs to me. I'm the guy who perpetuates racism. That's what the word means. Well, that, that's not what it means. It's any form of racism. So it exists in this country. There isn't any question. It exists. Everywhere in the world, my friend. Yeah, it exists in this country. We need to talk about it. The other thing I want to mention is, well, the, the whole jail and prison system. Here's why um, whenever, if I talk about it, I talk about it in confidence. I've been in 16 different jails in this country in my life and one federal prison, okay? I know what it looks like. I know the process. And I'm very close to that situation. So that's why I talk about it and say that, yes. Yeah, sure. Disproportionately, minorities get arrested more than white people for committing crimes, and they go to prison. Absolutely. One way to avoid that is don't commit a crime. Then then you'll really see the facts. The other thing is, the knee on the neck, I agree. That guy, that cop, didn't need to do that. Um, That was, that's the problem. He he murdered, he he didn't murder. He he was part of the, the guy's death. They, those cops could have saved that man, and they didn't. That's the problem. I agree with it. Now, with that said, I've had a knee on my neck. My white guy sure did. Right on my fucking neck. And my nose was broke. I had a broken nose, blood everywhere, choking on the blood, and a big 300-pound cop has his knee pressed in the back of my neck. And I was saying, I can't breathe. And you know what he said to me? Well, if you're talking, you can breathe. And you know what? He was right. So I calmed down and I laid there, turned my head to the side, and I didn't die. So the fact that only black people get a knee in their neck, which no one should have a knee in their neck, nobody, <laughs> nobody, especially in that situation, that, that infuriates me, right, that those cops did that to that guy. That infuriates me. That's a bad process. And those police officers need to be fired and prop, and certainly the one guy needs to go to prison. No doubt. But their training is, is, is terrible. It's, it's bad. I just saw a picture of a black cop, and you probably saw it too, completely with his hand on a young teenage black man's throat and had him fall to the ground against the car.
What's that? Anybody talking about that? Nope. Sure didn't. If that kid would have died, anybody going to talk about that? Not really. Nah. Because it's not interesting. The stuff on TV, that's interesting. So in general, in general, uh, 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 Scott, as um, a person, a, a white uh, person, uh, when you are, you are discussing this either at the pub with your buddies, uh, having chicken wings or whatever, um, this again is uh, exaggerated. I mean, the point you made probably is valid when, especially when you compare to other countries. Um, uh, and uh, uh, America, maybe, but as Dr. Kajira has said, uh, racism is is real. Uh, you as yeah. a uh, as a white person, you may not know. I, I'm in Canada, by the way, uh, Scott. Uh, in a place I, I live in a small town, thirty thousand people. Maybe we are less than uh, ten families who, who, who are black. I am a law-abiding citizen, so still I watch my steps. I see a cop, the eye he gives me is not of that a welcoming. These are things, uh, Scott, we go through every day as, as, as black people. It is not you, you don't exaggerated. Think, you don't think a cop eyes me? You don't think I get eyes? <laughs> you don't think that happens? Roger, Roger I apologize. Can I say something? Oh, really? Oh, go, go, go ahead. Let's let oh, you know. go through. Uh, go uh, in. And then we are on the same subject. Oh, you know inside of my And you know also know inside of Scott, let Kelvin come. Let Kelvin come. Kelvin, and then we end the part of the discussion. Can I follow Kelvin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, no, let me make a point because I gotta listen to this for twenty more minutes. The last point I'll make, and I'll listen, is to host characterize a fictional conversation. Yeah, and and this was you know, your characterization is full of racist things, by the way. He characterized me and some white guys sitting at a bar, eating wings, sitting around talking about racism, right? He did. And you said, I don't, I can't remember what you said because you lost me after that because it was irritating. And what you did was you put yourself inside of white people's heads, right? They're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about because you're not white. Okay. Let's let Kelvin, let, let Kelvin come in, uh, Scott. Thank you for your contribution. Let Kelvin come in and then uh, Dr. Patrick, where then we wind up our time as we gone. But this was uh, a big Go discussion. Over. And uh, thank you for uh, uh, calling in. Uh, stay with us. Stay with us. Uh, go ahead, Scott, David. So Scott, Scott, Scott right. don't so go Scott. anywhere. I have a comment for you. Right. Speak so, around, so Scott. All, all this, all the, all this frustration, yeah, Scott, is deep, is deep rooted in in slavery. The mistrust is deep rooted in slavery. How black people have been treated for centuries. You see, uh, a white kid in South Carolina goes into a church kills 30 people. He's escorted out of that church like a king. They take him to, to McDonald's and buy him food. You see, what we're talking about, and guess what? You can be one of the, you know, the best guys that doesn't see racism, that doesn't believe in racism. We're not saying you're racist, but you have to acknowledge that there are racists. And the unfortunate part is there are racists in the police departments, Right. Uh, the crimes you're talking about, 
a similar crime committed by a white person will be treated differently than a black person. We have seen all these things. When you talk about uh, statistics, right, they are there. The most incarcerated race in this country is the black race. Statistics are there for you to see, right? So what we're saying is, look at me, a black person, not as a black person, look at me as a human being, right? What happened in Minnesota was a tipping point, right, where this guy can tell from his training that putting his knee on somebody's carotid artery is going to suffocate that person and kill them. You see that? Yeah. And he, he they murdered him. no life. They murdered him. Yes. His, yeah. his face was that of satisfaction. Uh, my point here is if that had been a white person with a knee on his neck, I would have been outraged because I'm not looking at the color of this individual. I'm looking at this person being a human being, and they do not deserve to go out that way. That's all we're talking okay. about. Racism yeah. exists. We'll, we'll, we'll um, put, uh, yeah, no, Dr. Pat, Dr. Pat, and then we, we wind up. Scott, 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 if I'm not sure if you're a uh, first-time listener or first-time caller, but we have a saying on Zondra Blog Talk Radio is heating up the water cooler. When we, when we get into hot, <laughs> yes, we do. When we get into hot debates, debates, uh, the water cooler heats up, and you have definitely <laughs> contributed to that. And I, I hope, I hope that you continue to listen and to call in. It's important. And maybe, maybe one one day. Uh, Nathan and Roger, maybe one day we can have a uh, a water cooler go around where Scott can call in and all of us can call in. Maybe some of Scott's colleagues can call in and we can just go at it because this is important. If we don't talk about it, nothing will change. So in, in um, that vein, thanks, Scott. I appreciate it. Okay. We, we appreciate uh, uh, Scott. Uh, Nathan, very quickly, we, we move on here. Yes, uh, I just want to read something here from a white gentleman I went to college with, okay? And it reads, for far too long, we have offered the black community our lofty platitudes, made our empty promises, and failed them over and over again. Then, in the moment of their grief and anger, when emotions are raw and where patience is wearing thin, we lecture them on how to appropriately respond to yet another lynching. How dare we? Make no mistake, I don't like riots any more than you, but nothing will change if we can't see past burning buildings and broken windows to a people that have, quiet, have, been, have quietly literally been touched by our actions and inability to act for hundreds of years. End of quote. That's all I'll say. Okay. Uh, Scott, I'll give you one minute because I have to move on to another subject. One minute, uh, and uh, I hope you heard what uh, Dr. Patrick uh, uh, said. You are welcome to Zambia Doc Talk Radio. Uh, we discuss a lot of uh, uh, things. One minute, Scott. Okay. Um, I call in all the time after this show, so if you have my number, let me write down. You, you want me on Yeah, you, you, yeah I've got your number here, and you said you've been to Liberia. So yeah. you have a lot of issues, yeah. to, uh, you know, to share. I, I, well, 
I couldn't understand the last part. But yeah, I lived in Liberia for almost a year and a half. Yep. Sure did. My last part yeah. here, yeah. again, it's five year old white male and all this stuff and, and apparently I'm responsible for all the bad stuff in the world, but but yes, there is racism in this country. No question. Um yes, there's racism everywhere. But you know what just we're trying to talk about it and we're we're trying to understand everybody's viewpoint. In this country, you might not disagree with mine. I might not agree with yours, but that's not important necessarily. What's important is we're talking about it. Now, racism exists mm. everywhere. Uh, is anybody else talking about it in their country? Here's an example. Did any other country other than the United States go to war with itself essentially, essentially over slavery? Any other country? Okay. Name it. How's that happen? Okay. Thank you. Thank you for calling in, uh, uh, Scott, and lighting up uh, the, the water cooler, as Dr. Patrick said. Uh, you really uh, uh, helped us uh, to go in that direction. Uh, thank you, uh, and you're welcome to stay, but we are, we are moving on. And uh, the next subject is just as, uh, as hot here. Uh, we are back in Zambia, uh, ladies and uh, gentlemen, and uh, thanks for the thoughts which are coming uh, online uh, on Facebook and uh, w w what's up uh, there. So, um, last week on Zambia Block Talk Radio, we discussed uh, the Chinese uh, treatment of Zambians uh, in Zambia. Uh, one of the issues we talked about was uh, the Chinaman chasing a Zambian from uh, the uh, from the restaurant. Uh, this guy is married to a Chinese lady. He was just because he's black. The other one, he couldn't cut hair because uh, he was uh, black. So when the mayor uh, went and uh, confiscated uh, the license, trading license, Wakajira, trading license, uh, he has been made to apologize, Dr. Patrick. He is made to apologize to the Chinese. Let me play this one small clip. Let's hear what uh, Dr. Nevis Mumba is saying. When the people, we the people, begin to see uh, our government siding with the foreigners uh, rather than with us, what will happen to our, uh, our nation? Here is uh, a, small, a small clip. Uh, I can't see. Okay, here it is. As a former vice president, what did I learn? I learned that the responsibility of those who govern is to listen to the cries of those who are being governed. The interest of a president, vice president, or a cabinet minister for that matter is purely to interpret the desires, the aspirations of the people you govern. You can never be seen for one minute, one minute, as though you are protecting a foreigner more than you're protecting your own people. The moment that shifts, you no longer have your people, they are no longer looking to you for leadership, and they'll take the law in their own hands. In a little way, but not a good example, it happened not too long ago in South Africa. When the only South African person felt that the foreigners were having a better deal and better protection from their country, we suffered xenophobia in South Africa. And the, uh, um, 
the, uh, the, the blame was placed on government, that it is important for government to portray uh, in the real sense that their first love is their people. That their first love is uh, their people. Is this what we are getting uh, from uh, the Zambian uh, government? Is their first love uh, with the people of Zambia, or it is uh, uh, the Chinese? Uh, how, how do you feel uh, on that? Who wants to go? It's, it's, of course. <laughs> Everyone wants to do something. Yeah, at the same time. Uh -huh. Yes, Dr. Kajira. Well, yeah, I've been following very closely um, the events that have been taking place. The, the example you gave about the, the, the lady and the, the Zambian guy married to a Chinese guy, that one, Miles, uh, the mayor, uh, was not uh, censured for that. But it's that uh, situation where Zambians were being kept in uh, sort of like uh, some containers and, and not not allowed to go home for weeks and weeks by some Chinese company. Um, so he went there, and, and that's what led to the reversal and the apology. Um, I, I totally agree with that, uh, Dr. Mumba, um, that leadership are supposed to represent the people. The people who voted for you as Zambians, you must be their advocate. You must stand for them when aggrieved. And uh, especially that we spilled blood during the independence struggle to become an independent country. And uh, 55, 56 years later, we are seeing a trend of some kind of neo-colonialism from the Chinese coming in uh, where they are using their economic power to dictate to Zambia what, what should be the right thing. And I think every Zambia must resist that. Uh, we know we're indebted to them through the contracts that our government has made, but uh, it's no excuse. It's not a reason to allow them now to dictate uh, what, what we can or cannot do. So I'm, I'm infuriated uh, about this. I'm really upset because I think we are undoing the, our autonomy and uh, sovereignty, which we have enjoyed and, and loved so much. We are undoing it slowly, and I, I think it's got to stop. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let the others talk and, and then come yeah, in later. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, Nathan, you, you wanted to, 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 to come in last week. Uh, Dr. Patrick reminded us. Uh, Nathan, how we mm -hmm. Africans, when we move from Africa, you can take me out of Africa, you can take, you cannot take away my African, you cannot take it away. And we've been discussing here what we are going through uh, uh, here in, uh, uh, in, in foreign lands. To see our people again being subjected to the same, same kind of things we are talking about here, back home, and our government mm -hmm. seems to be siding. You talk about that, Dasa. Here is the one thing, here is the, the point from the angle which I wanted. Just thank God for the cell phone camera. Just like the cell phone camera has, has exposed bad cops, white cops in America, 
the cell phone cameras also expose what is going on where we come from. You see, if there wasn't that that ca- that video camera showing where those guys were sleeping in that Chinese, I don't know whether it was a factory or whatever, you saw there wasn't even any, it was just mattresses next to each other. The bad ventilation, the first thing that came to my mind is there is very bad ventilation in that room, so squeezed up. And if Miles Sampa was even saying, you telling me there are six people that sleep in here? The point is, our problem is, there is the rule of law is broken down in our system. Okay? And if we are people, we need to liberate ourselves. If the government doesn't do it, we need to do it ourselves. Because I'll tell you what, Roger. You cannot, those of you that have listened to that video clip from Dr. Mumba, there's one thing he also addresses which amazes me. You remember, Roger, in that video, he talks about the signage being in Chinese. You remember that part? Yes. yes. There are signs in Chinese businesses. The signage is in Chinese language. There are places, a lot of places in America, where the signage is in Spanish and it is also in English. Okay? There's nothing wrong That's with you point. having the signage in there's nothing wrong with you having the signage in Chinese. Put English there. So why do you have the signage in Chinese when the population of China people in Zambia is what? I can count them on my hands only. Uh-huh. These guys point. do do That's not have point. respect they don't have respect for the country in which they have come to do business. Just like you said, would I go to China and behave like that and get away with it? No, it won't happen. So our government is failing us. It's very simple. Uh, the government has failed. Uh, Mao Sampa shouldn't have even apologized. I even want, who said he should apologize for what? The minister of local government. The minister of local government is the one who should yeah, apologize. Yeah, he apologized. He apologized. Yeah, the minister of yeah, local know, government. Yeah, I know. I saw. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You should apologize to the people uh-huh. of Zambia. Uh-huh. Like I also, we, we we saw what happened to a Chinese that was insulting the Kenyan president. Next day, he was in a flight back. The 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 the, the mm-hmm. question is. Uh, are, are we so helpless as Zambians? Have we borrowed so much that anything against the Chinese freaks out our government officials? They cannot stand up and protect their people. So they can. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a brilliant take. The catchword in your statement for me is borrowed. Um, we, the government of the Republic of Zambia, should tell us. How much do we owe the Chinese people? How much do we owe the Chinese people? And what is the game plan of repaying them back? Uh, the current administration, and, and probably even the administration before it, the major problem they have is uh, mathematics. Mathematics. They, they can't add. They can't add and subtract and divide. That, that, that's a big problem. First of all, you have to be able to add. The math problem is if we are owing the Chinese such astronomical amounts of money, 
that we cannot pay them back in the short term. We need to take note of that. Two, if the proportion of the Chinese people who are coming to Zambia exceeds the amount of the initial investment, let me give you, let me give you an example of a roger here. If you borrow from someone and then that someone moves into your house and what you owe them is more than the value of the things in your house, then they have not moved into your house to collect their debt. They have moved into your house to take over your house. And that is what is happening in Zambia. The government can't cough because I believe that they have borrowed so much from the Chinese. And Nombaba and Kongole, they have moved in. And as they move in, they can't say anything. They, 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 I, I, let, me be, let me say something very controversial here and probably be the first one to say this. The way to resolve the Chinese problem is to calculate the amount of money which we owe them and send half, if not more than half, of the Chinese population who are not professionally employed or do not have a specific investment in Zambia. Send them back now before they come in larger numbers and take over the whole country. When you say the statement, are we this helpless? I have a feeling we are. And the only way this is going to be resolved peacefully and nicely, find a way, because those things, those documents expire when they give someone a permit to be in the country. Those documents expire. Pass a statutory instrument that puts a limit on how long the Chinese can live in the country. And also... Uh, Calculate and find out how much the investment that we have put in the country and what programs we can put in place to pay. Reorganize the new. We need, first of all, to remove this government and bring in a new government. The new government must reorganize how to pay the Chinese back without having a large influx of the Chinese in an already poor country. Dr. Mumba was right. He complained about people coming there to cut hair from China, people coming there to, to, um, to, to do this. More menial jobs that Zambians who have not had an education can go and do. And our unemployment has been increasing. But who are taking those jobs? It's the Chinese. So the government is is putting the Chinese people in harm's way. In Zambia, once upon a time, kwariko cha cha cha. Once upon a time, kwariko cha cha cha. Even the white people with guns could not hide from the rage and the anger of the people. So the government needs to protect the Chinese by sending back a significant proportion of them to their country and to put in place mechanism to pay back what, the, what they owe the Chinese. Otherwise, we need to take over your house. Roger, the government is putting the Chinese in the arms way. Go ahead, Kelvin. Yeah. So, so for me, I don't think we need to hide uh, behind borrowing unless our government was borrowing with an intention of not paying back. Because those are not <laughs> things we are going to pay back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. However, Who, who's however, going to pay back, Kelvin? Eh? Yes. <laughs> however difficult it's going to be. They won't be even there to pay back. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, uh, the country, the country will pay back, right? So, Kevin, to me, this is so funny. Listen, yes. Sorry, Kevin. To me, apologize. To me, go, go, go ahead. To me, yeah, to me, it's a question of inferiority complex, guys, because it uh, beats me. 
I asked this question. What was he apologizing for? Right? Yeah. Uh, we have mm, exactly. the minister. We have the minister of labor calling for uh, adherence to labor laws. But if your uh, labor agents are not going to these Chinese businesses to check to make sure that labor laws that exist in Zambia are being enforced, and the mayor of Lusaka takes it upon himself to say these are wrongs against our people, what is he apologizing for? This is the worst. I'm telling you, it's very disappointing. You are mm. apologizing for being right. That is ridiculous. For being right, yeah. yeah. That is ridiculous. Yeah. It, it, it's unheard of. You see, uh, uh, Dr. Patrick was right. The, you know, these people, these leaders, the, they must do these things for the people. Where is their dignity? I believe God gave each human being two things. One, dignity. Two, pride. One, he said you can swallow, the other you can never. You can never, ever, ever, ever lose your dignity. Do you know that even a dog has dignity? You know why I know that? When you pull a dog's tail, it will react. Is it using pride or dignity? No. It's using dignity, (laughs) not pride. (laughs) You see, so we like pride. We like dignity. We we are uh, uh, self-inferior. which is so annoying. If these people are, they are not coming in for free. If these people are here to invest, you have to stick with uh, labor laws. Uh, you have to stick with the, you know, the, 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 the policies you have put in place. Dr. Kasonso made a good point. <laughs> you see? So it's, 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 I don't know, it beats me. Uh, there are times when I lie down and I just smile because I can't afford to be stressed out eh, by people <laughs> behaving like this, like kindergarten kids. No, seriously. You know, it's failed. It's, 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 it's a failed leadership, quite frankly, and I uh, said it. You know, Takwaba, uh, guys, uh, just real quick, Roger. look at uh, the God situation in Winilunga. This is an opportunity for you, God-given opportunity, to harness mm. those resources and get yourselves out of damn poverty. Mm. But what are you doing? No. You're engaging in no. Sudanese no. bringing $2.5 million. Zambia Taya Kwata 2.5 million guys. Come on. No, they can't. No, okay. no. That will be our, 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 our next and last uh, uh, consideration. Michael, uh, uh, you wanted to say something, then we, we, we move on. Yeah. Uh, but the big point is uh, the government, what is doing, you are putting the Chinese in danger. When people rise, it, it ain't going to be, uh, to be nice. Uh, go ahead, Michael. It's a, it's a, you know, that's why I'm using the word it's unfortunate. As a country, definitely. I think we have a problem. Now, on one thing that uh, Kevin has touched on, we have all these laws of what investors have to follow and regulations and all such things. And it baffles me to find that those people are not even following, not even one. An investor who comes to roast corn on the street is not an investor. An investor who comes to come and cut your hair is not an investor. There is a certain amount you have to come with in a country for you to be an investor. Exactly. Exactly. Just coming as a tourist, then you say because your friend is there. 
And I don't know. Vanessa Mumba said something that was very cardinal. That we should have reciprocity. Whatever you're doing to my people in, my, in your country, expect it to be done in your country. The, what we are uh. doing to your, country, your people in my country, that's what you should do to our people in your country. That is diplomatic. It's there in black and white. What is uh. happening in Zambia, it's a travesty, I'm telling you. Where uh. you make somebody to go and apologize publicly, if they saw there was something wrong in what he did, they should have called him on the side and discussed that on the side. Do, 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 does the government, Rakalonde, Rakalonde, does the government even understand how painful that is to the Zambians? Forget about Zampa. That's what I'm talking do about. Do they understand how painful that is? Yes, they do. Yes, they do, but they don't care. Because what is important is how much am I gaining from this foreigner? You see? The issue is not about understanding. The issue is about the pocket money. It's money. That is the issue. Probably even the minister that talked like that, that forced that guy to apologize, was paid for the job he did. There is no need for the Ministry of Labor to not implement what Kelvin has just been saying. You give somebody residence if they have, they have met certain categories and they are meeting zero. You give somebody labor certification or a permit to work in your country if they've met certain criteria. And you know what? Look at what is happening in Zambia. They're just falling like locusts. Now, they are saying probably it's now the next province from the mainland China. Zambia is becoming a province. And what baffles me is the president making a speech, trying like he's crying about corruption in his government. Instead of standing up and fighting, why should the president talk like that also, honestly? Mm, mm, mm. We don't have a president. <laughs> the president seems like he, the people that are charged that he appointed They've overpowered him, and now he's trying to cry from the people to give him the power to uh, to fire them. Now I'll be I'll start firing people. Uh, please <laughs> just do it. Kaunda was just calling a conference, press conference, and sit down there. And somebody's in the vehicle moving. My brother-in-law was fired. Baseferino Chileche was as minister of uh, minister of health. He was fired when he was coming from the copper belt with the flag on. <laughs> he listened to the radio in the car. He finds out that he's fired. He stopped the driver. He went and just removed the flag from the car and continued. And the both sat in front mm. at that mm. point. That's how Kaunda was doing it. He's not, uh, this man, why has he become so powerless? That is the issue. 
Back alone, the next, powerless. Let's, let's go to the next when, one. When it comes to ministers, I, I, but not powerless in other situations. That's the problem. I yeah, yeah. Have. Let's go to the other one. We, we are worried about it. Ten, ten, ten minutes. Yeah. So, so here we mm-hmm. are. Lunga, uh, we talked about it. Uh, there is uh, God o- 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 over there. The government is looking for an investor to bring in three million, uh, two point what something, uh, three million to come and invest. Uh, in the in the God, in, in, in other terms, they want to give that resource, very valuable resource, to a foreigner. Take the money away from from Zambia. At the same time, the same government is hiring some debt consulting service for five million. They've got five million to pay a foreigner to come and uh, do a debt restructuring, but they don't have three million to invest. Uh, in the uh, uh, gold uh, uh, mine in, in Minlunga. They would rather uh, give it to a foreigner uh, investment. How does that make any sense? Who hasn't said a- anything? Uh, Noah, Noah you, you want to go here? You want to throw in? Or uh, Titus? Uh, let me bring in others very, very quickly. Yeah. We have only 10 minutes, so to make it quick. Noah, Titus? Okay. Okay. The usual sus- suspects then. Uh, others uh, when they are. But also, how does that make any sense? We don't have out of 18 million uh, Zambians uh, anyone capable mm-hmm. uh, to help restructure our our government. And then there is the question of giving Sudanese uh, investment. We mm-hmm. ourselves can't organize ourselves to buy stocks shares to run a gold mining is mm-hmm. valuable, valuable item there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, I heard someone say something that uh, actually helped me understand that. Uh, someone said, uh, suggested this. I don't know if it's true, but someone suggested that. There are a few individuals within the government who have taken over that, and they are using the Sudanese as a, as a conduit, you know, as a face of the investment, but other than investment, you better never move to your country. Corruptly, that sounds right. They just have, a, they just have a first of that. But if it's true and it's honest business that that investment is owned by, by, by the Sudanese, then the government doesn't even know its people. The government doesn't even know its people. Now, how can you govern us when you don't even know us? You know, when you go. And ask Mao Sampa to apologize to foreigners for doing the right thing. Yes, Mao Sampa <coughs> may, may, may have taken a wrong procedure. But if we heard from the Ministry of Labor to go and correct the wrong that Mao Sampa went to correct, nothing. If we heard them uh, try to address those issues in an alternative manner, that is, or using the official lines that they demanded, we haven't heard anything of that. That's all. So... We need to let go of this incompetent government. In fact, on moral grounds, they should just resign. Zambia is big. translate. We cannot have a driver. In the line, very, very quickly, we are. 
we can, again, we can find investment, three million uh, to put in a mine. We want a foreigner to come in, but we have four, five million uh, to call uh, uh, auditors to come and look at our books. How does that make any sense? It's simply ridiculous. That's all I can say. It's ridiculous. Uh. It should be all this stuff. The gold uh, deal must be reversed immediately, one. Number two, uh, uh, uh. hold on, calling those five, uh, Lazard, uh, the French company, hold on, hold on. You know, um, one of the very, I'll quickly say this, very high-ranking gentleman, Zambian based in South Africa. He's the director for Sub-Sahara Africa, IFC, which is a World Bank group. He uh, posted something on my Facebook page, and he, he also posted something on his where he was explaining the restructuring that this company was doing and that it was a good deal. But when I asked about the Chinese debt, he had no answer. I said, you see, the European debt, uh, the, you know, all those bonds and all that, yeah, you, you can sort of get someone to help. But how about the Chinese debt? Why is uh, uh, IMF not uh, dealing with Zambia? It's because the, the government, I think it's Dr. Kotsonso who said, they must come out clean on how much yeah. we owe, was it Kelvin? How much we owe the Chinese in clear terms. This is the amount we owe. This is what was paid under the table. And this is, this is everything. Only if they can do that, we will move forward. All these hidden agendas is not helping our people. And we are really, really upset. And I can see, in fact, it's so shameful to see other Africans uh, posting uh, YouTube videos about how Zambia is now a colony of China. That is the news going around. So embarrassing. Uh, we need to take back uh, the country, period. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Ro Ro Roger. Yeah. Thank you, Kelvin. Very, very quick, quickly, okay. Kelvin. We can't find Zambians to do our, our books. Akaunde, in my view, is a well-qualified accountant. We can find restructuring. We would rather pay five million Kelvin to to take away the money from our country, uh, uh, money needed by our youth. Youth higher employment is high, but we would rather yeah, spend that money to some auditor to come from France. Yeah, uh, I mean, this, may, this may sound controversial, but uh, there's a difference between debt management and uh, debt restructuring. There are so many countries. Brazil has engaged Lazard, actually, yeah, just for your information. Uh, Greece and has Argentina. engaged. Uh, and Argentina. Argentina. Yes, uh, Greece has engaged a company to do their restructuring as well. So this is nothing new. I know five million is, is a lot of money for a country like Zambia, but I, I think the benefits far, far outweigh the cost. That's the controversy. But in terms of the Chinese, we need to get our act together. That is ridiculous. Thank you, Roger. Okay. Um, I'm on the final here. Uh, your, 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 again, your, your, your thoughts? And then uh, Dr. Patrick the, will give us uh, a, a nice good day. My thought goes back to what Kelvin said earlier. Let us know how much we owe as a country. We don't even know how much uh. we owe as a country. And how much went onto the projects that were supposed to be done. And how much went into people's personal projects. That's where the problem is. It's very unfortunate that the country should be paying debt for money that went into Kelvin's pocket or my pocket. 
That's not how it's supposed to be. You see? The country pays debt, pays debt for something that they did and for the people. And they, if they failed, mismanaged, that is a problem that can be resolved in a different way. Now, with that company coming in from France to come and handle our debt, yes, like Kevin says, there's debt restructuring and there is debt renegotiation. So what are they coming to do? Because if I have to negotiate debt, sometimes I have to go to the person and it, it is intimate upon the person who I owe the money to. Otherwise, I can find somebody helping to go and talk on my behalf. If they say, I want the money, they want the money. Even if I paid Kelvin five million. <laughs> That's what would happen. Well put. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Patrick, with, with uh, uh, one minute, two minute and a half. Uh, uh, give us uh, your, your last remark, please. Yes, when we ask the question, how much do we owe? And whether or not the president know how much we owe. Yes, the president knows, and WHO knows, IMF knows, and especially if the country is a debtor nation, and I believe Zambia is, as the United States is, the creditor nation knows. And what that is why I've always said, we as voters have one year to bring to fruition what we want our president, newly elected president, to do. To do, and after that one year, the creditors will not put the bar, and the president, newly elected president, will realize what little they can do. So uh, a new baby president is is malleable by the people. By the voters After that we're not So the bottom line is We know And the president know How much is owed Because all debtor nations know and the, and the issue is How can we restructure The finances In order to move the country And the people along So the, the answer is in the numbers Okay, thank you so much, uh, everyone, for your contribution and uh, coming. Uh, it was uh, a week. It was uh, a nothing. It was uh, uh, mm. some, some week. Yeah, but thank you. Uh, this helps us as as we go to understand issues uh, when we discuss them on Zambia Block Talk Radio and those uh, who listen to us uh, online. Have a good weekend, everyone, and uh, see you again next week. Oh, hear you, whatever it is.
Thank you. 